As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is the Tribune Audio Network. For 18 months, Chris and Jennifer Little chased every avenue, every suggestion, every recommendation for what could heal their daughter, Caitlin. And they felt like they had run out of options. All we knew we needed was a doctor, someone that would help our child. And we just, we had no other avenues to follow. You were desperate. There's a wall. There's not, there were no other paths to take. It wasn't that doctors wouldn't see them. They saw plenty, including people who were the most well-thought-of specialists in the Southeast. It's just that because they had never seen anything like this, no one knew what to do. Everybody wants to treat symptoms. Nobody has said, we want to look at how to heal her. I don't want to treat symptoms. I don't want to just get rid of Let's make the headache a little less. Right. I want her to have her life back. So they came to us. We began telling Caitlin's story, and then everyone who thought they had answers began to call. I would say within five days, every popular person you see on TV with medical stories had contacted us. The Littles were being offered medicine by the eight-minute segment. You know, the world in which you're told, hang tight, we'll have an answer for you right after a word from our sponsor. From the Tribune Audio Network, I'm Fox 8's Bob Buckley, and this is Caitlin Can't Remember. When Caitlin Little suffered a life-altering injury... When you work in television as long as I have, you get used to meeting the people who watch your station. Pretty much everywhere you go around your hometown, someone will come up to you and say hello... Maybe mention a story that you did recently. And Bob Buckley is here now with that story. For the last couple of months. The latest episode of Caitlin Can't Remember. It's always this one. You know, I think we take so many of the relationships in our life for granted. What catches you a bit off guard when it first happens to you is that the viewers feel as if they know you. And in a way, they do. Especially at a station like ours that has so many anchors and reporters who have been here 10, 20, 30 years or more. Viewers welcome you into their homes each night and learn about your likes and dislikes, your style, so that when they see you in public, you're an old friend to them while they're still someone completely new to us. It's a great experience, and I only say all of that because it's one thing for those of us who are on TV each night for 30 years. It's an entirely different thing when it happens to someone featured in a story as Caitlin and her mom found out very quickly. You put out the first episode. We went to Chick-fil-A the very next day to get her favorite salad. And the cashier goes, you're her. And Caitlin looks behind her. He's like, I can't believe you're right in front of me. You're her. What what would you like to drink? And Caitlin's like, what's wrong with him? (laughs) And I said, well, honey, you were on the news last night. Why was I on the news? 
right. I haven't had time to update you. Yeah. And so we go through the whole story. And the whole time she's like, this is very weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it was our first insight that, you know, it's not just our family, our church, our community watching this. Yeah. There are many other people um, that are being reached. People around the world. This podcast has been downloaded nearly 24,000 times, and not just across America, but in places like Canada, Nigeria, Kenya, and the Philippines. But this thing has truly gone worldwide. It has. Where have you heard from? I've heard from people in Ohio, and in Texas, and in Colorado, and New York, and I believe someone from Florida. Australia. Australia, right. Yes. Um, California, Texas. We're sitting once again in the Littles' home in Greensboro. Chris and Jennifer are sweetly holding hands as I ask about the reaction from people to our stories as they run on television stations around the country, and this podcast is downloaded around the world. What are they saying? Some people are offering help and assistance. A lot of people are also offering their own stories. Uh, that they've had a loved one, a daughter, a son, a husband, a wife, a cousin, who've had um, an injury often with similar but not identical um, outcomes because every head injury is different. One fellow uh, who asked not to be identified told me that his daughter slipped and fell and hit her head in the bathroom one morning and has a 30-day running memory where she only remembers the last 30 days. So each day when she wakes up, the 31st day before that drops off. So she doesn't remember any of her family, any of her past, any of her experiences, can't learn anything new unless she can you know, learn it and master it in 30 days. And then it's gone. This fellow has been to 23 different neurologists and doctors across the United States. And all they can really do for her is offer medications to help with anxiety. Because obviously the girl was a little anxious. Uh, other people who have uh, offered suggestions of things uh, ranging from vitamins to fancy socks uh, to hyperbaric therapy, which you know, we're already doing. It's medicine by community because other people who've had this same rare experience have had many of the same frustrations. It struck me the most in the last week um, after the show came out, people are writing in saying that their experience is the same. Going to one doctor who says, oh, there's no problem. Another doctor goes, well, you should try you know, a fluffy mattress pad, or you need zombie oxen you know, medication, or you need to talk to a counselor because there's really just an anxiety issue here. All these people have stepped in all the same holes all through their process, and finally they're told, well, just get a lot of post-it notes and make a really good daily planner. Everything we've had. But each one of us has had to walk through that minefield and step on every single mine along the way. And it boggles my mind why it has to be like that. Some of the people contact us directly. A lady in Missouri wrote that she has anterograde amnesia that cost her her marriage, and she has to use GPS to get around a town that she's lived in for years. Another, about an hour and a half away from where Caitlin lives, says that she had a similar injury when she fell off a skateboard 35 years ago. And over time, she says the right side of her brain died. She lost her job over it and says that people bully her because they can't see that she has an injury. What we hear from people are mostly sad tales, no happy endings. But occasionally, you get one like we received from a pastor in Oklahoma 
His wife is a clinical manager for a brain injury unit at a hospital near Oklahoma City. Their daughter fell and hit her head in 2006 when she was a teenager. Just like Caitlin, this girl would wake up with no memory of the day before. In her case, it went on for almost a year and effects lingered even longer. But she got better. She's now married and the mother of three. The pastor's point was, there is hope. He wasn't sure what he could do to help other than letting them know it can get better. A lot of them are just just such heartfelt prayers, sending the best well wishes, and everybody is facing the same thing that has this, we're trying this, we're trying this, and no one is finding success. I hear a lot of families that have just sort of given up, and they're, they're doing what Caitlin's doing right now, developing strategies. They're learning how to live their lives, but they're not healing, and we want to keep pushing for healing. That's what brings them back to the office of the first doctor they went to for the, well, we really don't know how many times this is. They've been here so often, they've lost count. Caitlin walks in very rigidly, a thick neck brace keeping her head from moving much. Her dad, Chris, is on one side, her mom, Jennifer, on the other. Jennifer takes charge of this visit, an unscheduled one because of... A lack of mobility and severe pain. Um, She just got to the point where she could not move her arms and then the neck stopped moving and we just got really concerned that having the correction created something else that we needed to check on. The correction Jennifer is referring to is the chiropractic adjustment to correct the severe misalignment of Caitlin's upper neck. That needed to be done. I see it's working. She's getting more blood flow. She's talking more but we may have needed to do something to relax his muscles and prepare her body for it. The pain has gotten so bad that Caitlin hasn't gone to school in weeks, hasn't slept, hasn't done much of anything except sit in a recliner in the darkness of the family's den. Doctors have prescribed at least eight pain medications for her, including opioids, but nothing cuts through the pain. Nothing except the bit of relief that they've found from a professional massage therapist. She is using the most gentle touch on Caitlin. Mm -hmm. And the child can feel things moving, go, oh yeah, that's about to release. Oh yeah, that's squirming away. These are the words, I mean, Caitlin is constantly, which she doesn't talk to anyone now. She's Mm -hmm. almost nonverbal because of the pain. And that 45 minutes, she's talking to her the whole time, giving her feedback. Mm I'll, I'll raise money all day long to make that happen because I know it's making a difference. And in layman's terms, this is a massage therapist using really highly good. refined techniques to, to get her muscles to stop being like this. I clinch my fists to demonstrate what Caitlin's neck muscles are doing in response to the chiropractic adjustment. Getting muscles right. to relax. It's, we would call it a healing touch. If we were to refer to it anything else, it's a healing touch, transferring energy mm-hmm. and... She also is working actually with the bones, having, we're finding, when she showed me a straight on shot of Caitlin, we pulled some pictures and looked at her before accident and after, Caitlin's face changed, you know, one side of the head where she got hit is now flat, and you can see the impact on the other side, it's rounded, and it shouldn't be. But it's not apparent until you look at a before and after photo now, and it just jumps out at you. Her whole chin, the shape of her chin changed after impact, which I... It's crazy that it's 17 months later and a stranger is telling me all these things about my child. 
but she works on her chin and I mean you would think somebody touching like this you and go, she okay. says that Jennifer slowly reaches her left hand to her chin and touches it as gently as possible you go oh yeah that doesn't hurt Caitlin I'll go no that's about a level seven and so she'll hold that and you can watch gently seeing these muscles relax that's enough to keep hope going not for a cure but at least for some relief from the BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico it's and not or See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pain. The cruel irony of her story is that Caitlin is 16. Her brain is stuck at 14, the age she was when she had her injury. But she now looks much older. Not in a mature way, like she's grown into adulthood. The pain she's been in for so long has aged her. Occasionally, she'll flash her smile and you feel yourself smiling along with her. Yes, there's that young lady that everyone loves to be around. But it only lasts a while. Soon, the darkness returns. The somewhat distant determination takes control of her face as you see that she's steeling herself once again against her constant companion, the pain. Part of Caitlin's resolve comes from her faith. So as her story spreads, some outlets mean more than others, like the nationwide Christian radio network called K-Love. There are a lot of prayers being lifted. Um, her story hit K-Love News, mm -hmm. which was pretty exciting because that opens up to a whole nother world of prayers. And um, it means a lot to us. That's uh, Caitlin's favorite station and where she finds a lot of inspiration. So that was special. And then there are the doctors that everyone knows by just one name. Today's going to be a changing day in your life. The Dr. Phil show did, um, uh, one of his representatives called me and was very matter of fact and businesslike and saw, saw your show, saw the episode and was interested in airing it nationally. Phil McGraw is a former college football player, a middle linebacker, who is, by education, a doctor. He has his Ph.D. in clinical psychology from the University of North Texas, though he hasn't held a medical license to practice since 2006. Chris Little enjoyed interacting with Dr. Phil's staff. They were very kind and offered to uh, fly us out, I think it was to L.A., to do a taping of the show, offered to put us up in a hotel, and uh, said that if they could find somebody who might be able to help her, they might help out with that. Uh, Avenue 2 with doctors and all. To most people, this would seem like a no-brainer. Dr. Phil called? We're on the next plane. But the Littles are adamant about keeping everything focused on what will best help heal Caitlin. They truly appreciated the help Dr. Phil might be able to muster. But as Chris told us, it just wasn't the right time. At the time that uh, his agent contacted us, Caitlin was having a very rough patch and could barely ride in a car, much less fly out to L.A., spend days in a strange place, wake up in a strange hotel, and be you know, in a state of shock every single day. So Jennifer and I decided against that. Then, a little while later, another TV doctor called. I love you, 
Mehmet Oz was also a college football player. He played safety at Harvard. He became Dr. Oz when he earned his medical degree from the University of Pennsylvania, though he may be just as well known for looking outside traditional Western medicine into what's referred to as alternative medicine. Still, Chris and Jennifer felt that everything fell into line with the offer from his show. Caitlin's situation has improved a little bit since then, and his show is medically based, so we think it might be a better outlet. We're just talking about location, too. We're talking about going to New York versus California. We can get there in a nonstop flight pretty quickly, and we have the opportunity to get the word out and do it in one day. Whereas with the California trip, they weren't really giving us a time frame, how long, where would the doctors be, where are we gonna have to travel somewhere else? And as great as it all sounded, it was just happening too quickly. It was spinning and spinning. Mm. And we were already on our own little fast train taking care of her. It just, it wasn't the right time. The Dr. Oz show felt right. They'll go to New York to tape that next month. Chris and Jennifer Little have a name for the phase of life they're in. They call it The Caitlin Show. Every moment they can muster seems to be dedicated to finding answers. For Jennifer, it's looking for ways to make Caitlin's day-to-day life work while still making sure her other three children get what they need. Meanwhile, Chris is the self-appointed head of research, racing against the clock before Caitlin's condition is locked in. His laboratory is the family's kitchen table. I've sat at this, at this chair, at this table, doing research, night after night after night, all weekends whatnot, that I've worn four holes in the floor where this chair sits, from scooting around, trying to find a couple of positions, sitting here for hours on end. The way they've educated themselves in a field that was entirely foreign to them, as it would be for almost any of us, is admirable. One afternoon, when I'm at their home, I asked them if it's also overwhelming. Is it almost too much coming at you in different directions? Right. But I mean, you'll talk to Dr. A, they say this, Dr. B says that. That is what I find the most frustrating is there's not one email, one message, one piece of advice that we can say, nope, can't look at that, because that might be the one. And we have to spend our evenings when the kids finally go to bed Research, research, research. Okay, what part are you researching? Well, I'm looking up this, you're looking up. And we're constantly trying to see, are we doing, are we following the right path? Because we're, we're paving this path. It's not paved for us. We have no one leading us right now. Um, it's overwhelming. In the last two weeks, it's really started to make a lot more sense. Uh, the fact that um, dealing with the doctors like dealing with contractors working on your house. If the first one can't do something, you bring in another one, he goes, oh, well, the last guy didn't know what he was doing. This is completely wrong. We need to flip this over. And then you bring in another one, he goes, well, why do you do it like that? Let's, you know, get rid of this and do it a completely different way. Uh, we talked to um, one neurologist recently who says that he has 35 years experience in the field dealing with head injury and veterans and construction accidents and sports accidents. And he confided in us that in the 35 years of practice, only recently did doctors start to accept the uh, anterograde amnesia or amnesia in general as a real disability because um, a respected researcher recently, whatever recently is to this doctor, uh, did a study, had it peer reviewed, and then had it published. And only when that was published did it wake its way into the medical journals and at the teaching hospitals. So that means that for all the time prior to that, 
every patient who came with these symptoms was misdiagnosed and told that there was nothing wrong with them. So practically every neurologist who's gone through a, you know, a 10 or 12 or 14 year residency has been taught this doesn't exist. Although it is extremely rare, there are documented cases of anterograde amnesia, at least as far back as the 19th century. More recent cases included Clive Waring, a British musician who ended up with anterograde amnesia after developing a form of encephalitis from a cold sore virus in the 1980s. And then there is Michelle Philpotts, also from England, who had a motorcycle wreck in 1985 and then a car crash five years later, suffering severe blows to the head in both. It was Michelle, the story goes, who the Drew Barrymore character was modeled after in the movie Fifty First Dates. But in the movies, you can write whatever happy ending you like. Chris and Jennifer Little are dealing in real life. There are no miracles, no shortcuts. And despite the optimistic face that they have to wear to survive, Deep down, they're beginning to wonder, is this as good as it gets? Have you thought about that? Uh, yeah. I've thought about just making it through the next five years. You know, is she going to be able to maintain a job? Is she going to be able to, to live somewhere else? What if we wanted to get a different house? What if we wanted to move? How could she handle that kind of change? Because right now, just having a new couch throws her. <laughs> that story in the next episode of Caitlin Can't Remember. You saw in this episode how important it is to get Caitlin's story out, and the best way to do that is to comment on and rate this podcast, so please do that. Caitlin Can't Remember is written and reported by me, your host, Bob Buckley. Chris Weaver is our editor and producer. Our executive producer is Kevin Daniels. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.